social media has changed the way people shop ultimately as well. Then it's sort of actually less down to the packaging itself and more down to the brand as a whole and how it comes across. And because almost the packaging is like the thing that you get last after you've ordered it, which has really flipped things because it used to be very much when you come to shelf, that's your first thing. What kinds of cardboard box? What's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? It loses its value if you take it out of the pack. Hey, PDU crew, it's Abelio Matos on Package Design Unboxed. Today, I'm super excited because we're talking to Jenny Potts. She's a Penn Awards jury member and design director for B&B Studio. Not only is Jenny an avid traveler and design maven, but she's also dedicating her time to building our packaging community by providing mentorship to young designers. In today's episode, we discuss some of the work that she's done with B&B Studio. And one of my favorites we talk about is the chocolate packaging for Raw Halo and the positive impact the redesign has had on the Raw Halo business. We also discuss how color and personality can infuse a brand with fun and desirability, how to design packaging that breaks category norms to give consumers enough pause in their product selection to actually pick something that's more like them, different. You'll also get why including more content into your pen award submission is key to putting you in the running for an award. Spoiler alert, it's because the judges need context to determine if your solution addresses the needs of the brand and the market. So shh, don't tell anybody. Actually, you know what? Tell everybody. Always provide context for your design. Now, before we get to Jenny, do me a favor and rate the podcast on your phone right now since we're both right here. We may as well know what you think. If you've got an additional second, leave a review like not Clemen. N-A-C-L-M-A-N, maybe Nachleman, I don't know. But they left a uh, review on Apple Podcasts and they say, always looking forward to new episodes. I love his technical words and his ability to relate to anyone. Short and sweet episodes packed with relevant information. I appreciate you loving the podcast. Nachleman, I love that you love the technical terms. It's important to know your terminology. All right, let's get to the show. Pentwoods is celebrating our 16th annual competition. We have partnered with Package Design Unboxed to bring you exclusive content from our jury and previous winners. Our competition is currently open until the 1st of April. Pentwoods would love to see your packaging designs. Submit them at pentwoods.com. Hey, I want to introduce you to idpdirect.com. We recently won a Silver Pen Awards for collaborating on the future of sustainable packaging. If you want to work directly with the packaging manufacturer and you're tired of distributors and middlemen, check them out. Visit idpdirect.com to learn more. So today we've got Jenny Potts, design director at B&B Studio uh, out of the UK. How are you, Jenny? Good, thank you. How are you? Awesome. Amazing. Can you give me just a, a brief rundown of B&B Studio? Yeah, sure. So... We are based in East London. Okay. Um, and we were founded in 2009. So we've been going just over a little over a decade. The studio was founded by Sean Bowen and Kerry Ball. And we're a team of around 25 now. And our, our sort of focus um, as a company, uh, we, very, we do a lot of startups. Uh, we do a lot of work for, you know, entrepreneurs but we sort of ha- have our purpose in our ethos as being about working with with people who are brave, essentially. So 
you know, working with innovators and idealists. And we do work with some bigger brands as well, but it's always about working with people that have an ambition, whether that's to do something better for the planet, whether it's a better product, but always sort of challenging the conventions of, you know, products or categories, which, which makes it really exciting. Wow. How did you get to the point that you are today? What's Jenny's story? How'd you get into packaging? <laughs> so I studied at um, university called the University of Central Lancashire, which is based in Preston, which is northwest of England. Um, as you can probably tell by my accent, I'm not from. <laughs> I thought you were from I'm Texas. From London. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I I studied there, studied graphic design, um, and then I actually did a placement year. So not that many people in the UK do this. I know I know some people um, in other countries do it, but I did a year out after my second year of uni where I packed up, went down to London and did lots of internships at lots of different design agencies. So I worked at print agencies as well as packaging agencies during that year. And I I didn't really, to be honest, I think when you've really done two years at university, you don't really know what the job is. (laughs) You know, you want to be a designer and you know, you want to, you know, design cool stuff, but you don't really understand what the day-to-day job is. So that was like really insightful that year to understand what the day to day is. And yeah, I worked at some amazing agencies and then went back to my final year. And one of those agencies that I'd interned at, I went back to, which is Turner Duckworth. So I worked there for six years, I think, before I then go into B&B where I've been at, I think about a similar amount of time now, about another six years. So yeah, that's my background. Wow. So in the UK, you don't do internships. That's not like, that's not standard. No, people do do them, but to take a whole year yeah. out to do that um, is quite specific to that course that I, I went on. And that is really why I chose that course. Cause I was like, that's amazing, you know, to get all that experience. Um, yeah, they, it, it's not that common. Quite a few people do internships like over their summer holidays or sure. after they've graduated, but to do, whole year is a little bit more unique, I think, <laughs> yeah, but um, great. That's awesome. And then, so you did six years at Turner, uh, you've done six years at uh, BNB, but you're yeah. also, and then you're also working with a lot of students, you're, you're yeah. mentoring. Um, so what did you learn in those six years that you lean on to pass on to these students? I think it's really important, um, I suppose it's two different things, isn't it? Because obviously a lot of students are focused on trying to get a job. But I think having that placement year experience really taught me the importance of doing internships and figuring out what you want to do as a, as a person. Because design is so wonderful in the, the sense that there's so many different things you can do. You know, packaging design is, is sort of one section yeah. of branding design even. Um there's so many different ways in which you can go. And I think, you know, a lot of graphic design courses are quite open. So you could go into digital and design websites and apps, or you could go, you know, there's so many things you can do. And that that's what I think doing a uh, sort of internship was really great for. And then I think the experience of working at Turner Duckworth and then going to B&B as even two agencies that are focused around branding and packaging, they're very different in terms of the type of clients that they work for. So yeah, I think 
getting students to to get out there and try and gain experience as much as possible and and, ha- and start to have a view on, on what brings them joy and, and what excites them the most, um, I think is really important. So B&B, you guys are, mm-hmm. you guys are behind, I'm going through the site, you guys are behind so many different amazing brands, you know, Raw Halo, BrewDog, Kitten Kin, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because as I'm going through these, I'm like, I love these brands. I love this packaging. I've seen it so many different places. And I didn't realize that it was, that it was B&B. And I have to say like, personally, one of my favorites has to be Raw Halo, right? The, the pack for Raw Halo is amazing. It's a chocolate bar. You. If somebody's, li- you know, somebody's listening and they're like, I've never heard of this before. You've seen it, right? You've said, <laughs> either a brand has come to you and they show you their mood board and Raw Halo is on there somewhere. It's a chocolate bar. It's, you know, bright mm-hmm. colors. It's bold color, like super iconic type. How do you generate a brief that allows you to create something so distilled and yet iconically different from every other mm. product on shelf? Like what's that process like? So at BNB, when we when we take a brief, um, Kerry and Sean, the founders, usually sort of meet n- new clients. And, you know, I have to say, like a, a lot of the credit goes to the clients to start with as well, because the people that we work with, I mean, the product with Raw Halo is a brilliant product. So that is always the best place to start. You know, you, you need a you need a forward facing um, business to want to do great design as well. I think, um, and and to have a great story and a great product. So that that is a brilliant starting point. And you know, Kerry and Sean will meet the founders of these companies and. You know, they, they they do turn down a lot of work as well. I mean, if the, if the fit's not right or they don't mm. really believe in the product. So Raw Halo obviously came to, to B&B. They were already existing. They were already selling in more of the sort of health food shops around the UK. So they weren't huge as a brand, but they were already established. So they were already, you know, had listings and stuff. And they came to us because they wanted to go more mainstream. So they wanted yeah. to get more listings into the multiple uh, supermarkets and and obviously then grow as a brand. But what's amazing about Raw Halo is it's not just great chocolate, but they've got so many great aspects of their business. So they're ethical, they're sustainable. You know, the product itself is healthier than normal chocolate. It's got it's lower sugar, um, all vegan. So they have all these sort of... Um, benefits as a business and a product as well which is the type of brands that we love working for at bnb mm-hmm. um and then so we take the brief um and essentially the brief is to make them more mainstream but without losing obviously um all, all those great things about their business and firstly when we when we take a brief it goes into strategy so we've got a great strategy team and they'll take the brief and then they'll distill it down and we'll have a strategic view on what we think they should do. And, and that goes beyond the branding, really. Like yeah. it, it it all comes out as a design brief in the end, but it's it's usually looking at their whole business and you know, on their brand essentially, um, and advising them on on where they should go and what they should be doing and how they should be speaking and how they should look as well. And, and that all comes out then as a design brief. We present that back to the client and then that then becomes the brief that we work to. So we've already, by the point we as designers get the brief, we've already sold them in on the bigger idea um, and they've signed that off and then that's what we design to. 
So with Raw Halo, our brief, um, our sort of strategic direction was glowing with good vibes. So because of all these great ethical um, and sustainable aspects of the brand, it was all about, you know, it makes you feel good. It's good for your mind, body, and spirit. So your mind being all the the things that are great ethically, um, and I, I can go into them, but that was sort of the the, the, the pretense of it. It's great for your body because it's obviously healthier chocolate. Um and for your spirit because it, you know, it's chocolate and it tastes good. <laughs> so it was all about glowing with good vibes. And obviously it's a brilliant name as well. We do a lot of naming at B and B. We have quite a lot of brands that come to us uh with a name and we we quite often do uh rename, but Raw Halo, brilliant name already, already tells you that it's raw chocolate and that it it's good. It's good and yeah. obviously this strategy came from the Halo. So glowing um mm-hmm. with good vibes i'm looking at the pack on screen here and i hadn't realized it before but like down below um you know so raw halos it's it's bold uh it's a sans serif you've got raw above and then halo below it um and it's it looks like it's embossed also so there's mm. there's texture but down at the bottom right there's a little there's a little gold symbol that says ethically grown organic uh, chocolate, basically organic mm-hmm. uh, cacao. And there's a, a, a chocolate pod. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was a halo. Like yeah. until now <laughs> you're talking about it. Like, that, that, yeah, so amazing how it all kind of comes together. Um, but it was, it was plastic packaging before, wasn't it? It was like a flow wrap. Yeah. So a big part of the brief was that, it was essentially in like a box mm-hmm. um, and it had a lot of foil on it. So the substrate had a lot of plastic in it, um, which obviously isn't very sustainable. Yeah. And part of their shift going more mainstream and more sustainable was to put it in a paper wrap. Um, so our challenge was to make the, pe- the new paper wrap look as desirable as the box that they were in previously, which, you know, obviously... Yeah. And you're trying to make it more mainstream and not cost any more money. A, a big, obviously, part yeah. of the brief in moving to um, the paper was obviously it's more sustainable, but it also brought down the RRP, which meant that they could they could get into the mm. multiples and they could, you know, um, become accessible to more people. Um, what is RRP? Um, retail price something. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially like. Their, how much they have to, how much a supermarket has to charge people for it. Got it. Okay. Recommended retail price. I think it stands for. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, we do, we do MSRP. So yeah, same thing. Perfect. Yeah. Um, cool. So how, all right. So you've got um, the one you've got on screen, uh, the one I have on screen is uh, it's red with like a pink raw halo or like a mm-hmm. white raw halo. Um, but then every flavor comes in different colors. So you've got like purples, blues, you have all this amazing color. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine what this display looks like. So with this change in design and packaging, how have sales been? You know, how has that shift been and acceptance been? Really, really good. So the multiples responded to it really well. They got lots of listings in some of the big, uh, big supermarkets in the UK. And I think now we've expanded out beyond the UK as well. Um, yeah, it, it was it was really successful. I mean, I think a big part of it from a design point of view is it's got so much more impact now. It was a shift away from, you know, the sort of Whole Foods 
hokey niche category to bring in organic raw vegan chocolate into the mainstream so we had to be really bold it had to sort of really shout on shelf but we also wanted to keep the the premium uh vibe as well so so looking at this and then looking at of course you know kit and kin um Mm -hmm. you know peter's yard some of the other projects that you guys have worked on some of the other brands you've built how do you how do you transfer feelings or emotions from the packaging to the consumer? So I think that's, again, that's something that is all wrapped up in the original strategic direction. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a sort of big idea. And then that obviously goes beyond the pack. So it's communication, tone of voice, brand world, mm-hmm. socials, obviously a massive thing now for brands. Um, I, I know Pippa Nut was one of the, not one of the first brands, but one of the, the first brands to really engage their consumers on Instagram, for example. They, mm. they got a lot of followers um, and it became a little bit almost of like a cult peanut butter following, um, adopting that community really. So I think that's really important um, to be, be connecting with your consumers off pack as well. Um, Raw Halo, for example, when you open the wrapper, the inside of the wrapper has a lot of those um, sort of credentials that I talked about. So ethically sourced, ethically made, ethically minded, and all the great ingredients that go into it. So again, just layering up um, the communications to the consumer so they can understand exactly what they're buying into. Can you give me an example on... um on any one of these packs, like one design element that was designed into the pack to create an emotion, you know, whether it's, you know, like Zara Halo, I think the paper and the emboss gives you that sense of luxury and desire. Um, what else, what else can somebody do? What else can a designer that's listening, um, you know, how else can they create, uh, you know, pull out an emotion from a consumer with packaging? Yeah, I think there's multiple ways to do it. I mean, obviously you mentioned the sort of tactility, um, the desirability that can be, it just makes you want want mm. it. Um, Pippa Nort, again, for example, the logo that we created for that brand is a little squirrel where the, the tail makes the pea, which is mm. really sweet. And I think, again, Pippa Nort was changing category conventions. So the category was quite a tired category. It was either brands that were really sort of hokey and wholesome, or it was brands that were really artificial. Um, and Pip and Nut came in and that was a natural product. And so they wanted to change the category codes. So that's what we did. And obviously this little squirrel guy that's really big on pack, that evokes an emotion within yeah. itself. I think people can, people, people love animals don't they so they see an animal and again they're like oh cute like i want to try that and again the look and feel is different from the rest of the category so it's telling you that it's different immediately um, already which makes people want to you know happily pay more for i think (laughs) and you mentioned social media you mentioned um Pippa Nork on, on, uh, on instagram Mm -hmm. and connecting with their with their consumers so has social media changed the way that we design packaging or at least the way that your team approaches packaging? Um, I think social media has changed how competitive 
everything is. <laughs> um, so I think, yes, that, that affects packaging. There's always been a desirability about packaging because it's always had to sit on a shelf and compete against everything that's sat next to it. So there's always been that, you know, competitive. But I, I, I think the landscape of social media and, and sort of the digital era has changed how much people are seeing and also, you know, we've started working a lot more for direct-to-consumer brands. And I think, you know, particularly with COVID and everything, social media has changed the way people shop ultimately as well. And I think, you know, then it's sort of actually less down to the packaging itself and more down to the brand as a whole and how it comes across. Um, because almost the packaging is like the thing that you get last after you've ordered it, yeah. which has really flipped things because it used to be very much when you come to shelf, that's your first yeah. thing. Packs used to be little advertisements for the brand really, didn't they? But I think for some brands that are direct to consumer, it's the digital stuff first. So we've actually, as an agency, been working more and more for, for direct to consumer brands where the packaging is still very important and it's still part of that unboxing experience. Yeah. So, you know, when people receive something, it's that, that moment where you're like, oh, it's come through the post and you open it and it's still exciting, but it's sort of almost playing a different role, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like, I know when I talk to the brands about, you know, e-commerce, right. Whether it's, whether it's DTC or just standard e-commerce, mm. it's always about, I'll go on your website, I'll purchase a product and you're, you've spent millions of dollars on an amazing website. That's completely frictionless. Right. Mm. I can order it from my phone. I can order it from my computer. I can use my voice to order. Um, mm -hmm. It's an amazing experience and I'm super excited and I click pay now and I'm pumped. And then I go back yeah. to my, and then I go back to my life, right? And then you go back to your life. You yeah. got dishes, you got dinner, you got yeah. you know dogs to clean up after just like your everyday life that we all live. And then one or two days later, this box arrives and that amazing seamless experience you had online, you've forgotten about. So you need mm. all of a sudden like this pack that arrives to immediately recall those emotions and the excitement mm. to deliver mm -hmm. that. And, you know, you guys have, um, you guys have worked on Aardvark, which yeah. is like this bright orange box. It's a pet, it's a pet food, it's a pet product. And it's like, as soon as it arrives on your doorstep, like that excitement is there immediately. Cause it's mm. like bright orange. It's not just a Brown box. Um, you've got amazing graphics and then there's this whole unboxing, um, you know, I read an article on uh, in print magazine about how B&B &B is moving away from DTC direct to consumer and moving more into direct to community. And a big part of that is like yeah. this e-commerce push. Yeah. So can you explain that to me and, and how help me understand how that works? So I think it's having a bit more of an emphasis on connecting not just with individual consumers mm. but making a tribe making a, a, a sort of cult following so i think if you look at the most successful direct-to-consumer brands things like glossier they have created this huge um community of cult followers where you know they're not just going to buy it once and then never come back they're following them the Instagram, they're buying all the new products, uh, signed up to the newsletter. And I think that's where it's really important because you want people to keep coming back. And if you've got a community um, and a tribe of like-minded people, that's really useful um, from a business 
perspective to get people to to stay with you and your product and not sort of get distracted by new things that are coming out all the time. How do you continue to generate new current designs and avoid staying in like a rut or a groove? I think it would be crazy to do the same work because mm-hmm. every brief is different, right? So every every time we get a brief, we're trying to communicate slightly different things. We might be trying to communicate to different people, different audiences. Um, you know, the products got different things to communicate and shout about. So I, I think that automatically visually lends you to different um, different visual. Well, it's visual communication at the end of the day, isn't it? So if you're communicating different things on different brands, then they shouldn't look the same. I think B&B definitely has me picked up on the sort of color Mm -hmm. thing. I think if you were to look at all our work, I think it's got desirability, which I think is really important um, for whatever you're designing to, if it's well designed and it looks good, people ultimately want to buy it or want to buy into it. And I think... A, a sort of friendliness I think a lot of our work has even if we're designing something premium it's always got a sort of consumer friendly uh I don't, I don't know what the right word is but like a welcoming feel a, a, a yeah. thing that you it's not intimidating I guess yeah or, absolutely or you don't want people to think it's not for them I think accessible um is important definitely as I'm, I'm looking at uh the Duppy share your the Caribbean rum. Yeah. If I was intimidated by, by alcohol, you know, it's funny because <laughs> I, 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 um, um, I teach a, I teach a class on packaging and I tell the students this all the time. I use wine as an example, like nobody knows about wine. Like, you know, everybody thinks they do, yeah. but they don't really know. And when you go to the, to the store shelf, there's a million different bottles. And no matter what you buy, you're going to show up to the party and you're going to be questioning yourself. Did I buy the right yeah. kind of wine? Right. It's like that that you know you're just insecure you're unsure so as you're designing as you're if you're designing a wine label or Mm -hmm. a bottle make it enticing make it fun make it welcoming not trying to make somebody feel uh insecure about the choice they're making so like a a like the duppy share is super fun the type is you know almost like a throwback um you've got great illustration you got gold foil lots of fun stuff happening and it's like a fun product to show up at a party with right like this is yeah yeah you know and, and it's like packaging doesn't have to be so stuffy so you know looking at um at bnb studio work it's really um like you said it's just it's a welcoming and i think that we need a lot of that in in packaging it's just yeah inclusion. I think exactly and for us we it, we always challenge category codes and category conventions so that's a a big thing that as soon as we're briefed on a project we're like well what's everyone else in the category doing sometimes there's there's codes that you have to play into because it helps with trust or you know again communicating the right thing but we always try and go a little bit against it so for for that example with the dopey share it is a really bright colorful pack which for rum makes loads of sense but actually at the time rum brands weren't doing that there was lots of pirates and things <laughs> um, you know lots of that language going on but not actually a lot of beautifully designed colorful caribbean looking packaging um so it, it, it it's it's not weird to do that for rome right. it makes perfect sense but actually as a pack it really stood out when when it came out because there wasn't anything else like that in the rum 
category. So I think it's, yeah, trying to change conventions, but obviously not just for the sake of it, but doing it in a way that also makes sense. Your team, you guys have, have won Pent Awards. You're a judge this yeah. year. You've done a lot of judging. When it comes to a design competition like Pent Awards, what do you look for? Are you looking for an immediate gut reaction? You know, what are you looking for in a pack when you're judging? I, I think both. I think with packaging, gut reaction is really important because ultimately that's what your consumers are doing. They're mm-hmm. walking around a supermarket or a <laughs> shop or whatever, and they're making split second decisions. So it's important that it's saying the right things quickly. Um, so when I'm judging, yeah, I'll, I'll look at something and I immediately know probably if I'm going to love it or not. <laughs> um, but then because you're judging, you've got to be fair. So you look at it and you're right. like, mm, and then you read about it. And then sometimes there's the odd one that actually when you read about it, it starts to grow on you because you're like, oh, wow, that is actually really <laughs> interesting. I didn't necessarily get that instantly, but it's actually a really interesting idea. And sometimes ones that you love immediately and you read about it, it gets better and better yeah. as you sort of peel back the layers. Um, yeah, I, I think judging's really exciting. I'm really excited to do the Penta Awards this year. I know I've not judged for them before, so I'm a, I'm a new judge. And I know they're like really prestigious awards. Um, they have, you know, great entries. So I'm really excited to see the breadth yeah. of what's on offer I think because they're global as well it's really interesting seeing designs from all around the world and different market influences I think that's really interesting um yeah I'm excited to see <laughs> what people are doing with sustainability and things like that as well and, and again pushing category yeah. conventions and push pushing innovation really is what yeah. really excites me yeah I think I mean as a judge that's always the best thing is that you get to see you know, on a day to day, you're you're going on, you know, you're going online, you're looking at different packaging, you know, you're as a consumer, you're seeing packaging on shelf and you're being inspired by different things that you see, but mm. you get the opportunity to be a judge. You get all of this packaging, amazing packaging from all mm. over the world that just comes, you know, through your eyeballs. Oh. My yeah. dog is stretching over here. Um, <laughs> we get to see like all this pack, amazing packaging from, you know, from China, from South America, from Asia, yeah. like just like everywhere. And you get to read about it and learn. And I think it always helps you, I think, really kind of spot some trends that are happening that maybe you wouldn't have yeah. seen otherwise. Yeah, yeah totally. Just super and cool. I think on that, it's good to keep an, uh, you have to keep an open mind because obviously I have a good reaction, but my reaction to something from another market mm. around the world somewhere might not be the reaction that people in that market would have. So I think that's the thing when you read, then start reading about it and you're like, oh, actually, this yeah. is like a real, like, this is a thing for them. <laughs> then yeah. you start to understand the idea maybe a little bit more. So I think that's really important. And I think Pens Rewards is really good in the sense that they've got judges from all around the world as well, which is super important. Absolutely. I, you know, um, here in the U.S., there's a school, it's called Clemson, um, Clemson University, and they've got an amazing packaging program. And one of the things they do is for their packaging program, they'll they'll do a, a semester abroad and mm-hmm. typically they'll go to the UK and, and, and it's really about learning packaging in another region, right? Because yeah. everything we learn here in the U S like you have to have these regulations, this, you know, this regulatory on your packaging, but we go somewhere else. Yeah. It's like, Oh, it's different. Totally different. Yeah. You know, when it comes to, to you, Jenny, I mean, you've been everywhere, right? So you've been from area 51 here in the U S <laughs> to Santorini I mean, you've traveled yeah. the planet. So how does, uh, how does travel inspire design? 
I I mean I I love and this is a bit sad maybe but um I I love going to shops when I'm in different countries and just looking around and looking at their shelves because like talking a bit about category codes and category conventions they're so different even you know just going through the euro tunnel into France the supermarket the packaging in the supermarket is very different um so yeah I find that really interesting I mean travel anyway is inspiring mm. isn't it soaking yeah. up different cultures and food and scenery and stuff yeah. is is yeah super inspiring but yeah I'm I, I do quite like going in the shops <laughs> and having a little look around that's awesome and so as a as a designer um what are the benefits of having won some of these awards I think there's lots of benefits I think f- for, from a personal point of view um, it's really nice to sort of be recognized by your peers. Um, I know as a designer, not just myself, but everyone works really hard. Um, everyone's very passionate about what they do and enthusiastic and puts a lot into it. Um, so when you're recognized by your peers, that's, you know, that's really nice um, to know that you're doing a good job. <laughs> um, but also from, you know, a business point of view i think it's great for agencies to be recognized for the work that they're doing it's good for their profile it's really great for them attracting new talent as well because a lot of graduates and you know designers want to work at the agencies that are picking up these awards so yeah it's great Great. And I always tell, yeah, you know, I think one thing for anybody that's listening and you're thinking of entering the pen awards, you know, definitely do it. Now, if you happen to win, which I hope you do, um, <laughs> if you're a student and you enter the student category and you happen to win, I think one of the things that happens is a lot of times students get excited, uh, you know, young designers get excited. I won this, you know, they'll post it all over social media mm-hmm. and becomes a part of their uh, portfolio, which is great. But I think the one thing that they've failed to do which I think they should do. This is like my PSA, right? This is my public, my, per, my public uh, service announcement is look through the judges list and send out a thank you. Yeah. You, know, you want people to recognize you as, Oh, this is the student that did this amazing work, mm. you know, and start building your, building your network. I think it's really important to build a, a network as a designer, uh, especially today. Yeah. And I think what's great about the Pentor Awards this year is they're doing um, this festival now, aren't they? Um, It's going to be in London this year. I know um, the Pentor Awards sort of have their award ceremony in different cities around the world. Um, But obviously due to COVID, a lot of these awards, there's been no, there's been no parties. (laughs) There's been no networking, which has been really sad. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that as well, because I think to your point, you know, thanking the judges, but also just being able to enjoy, you know, yeah. the, the galas and the parties, but network while you're at them as well and, and introduce yourself to people. And um, they're great ways of meeting people. And Absolutely. Connecting. Awesome. Well, Jenny, I'm going to let you go, but before I do, what's the perfect client for B&B Studio? Um, well, Raw Halo were pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... The reason why they were so great as a client is because they had a brilliant product, an ethical and sustainable business through and through. Like there's all sorts of things they do. For example, you know, um, just where they get their chocolate made. They work with a social enterprise factory that, you know, hires um, people with disabilities and things Mm and gets them back into work. So through and through their business was, you know, great. But 
on top of that, you know, they had a great product and they were also great clients. They listened to us. Um, you know, a lot of people pay design agencies money to redesign their business, but then don't necessarily listen to everything that they say. And, you know, that's not me having a dig. We understand it's very personal, um, particularly to a lot of the founders that we work with. It's very close to them, but, um, you know, we are experts in what we do and the, we, do, we don't just want to do good design for the sake of it. it. There's always reason and rationale to pack it up. But yeah, the Raw Halo clients were brilliant. They really trusted us and they it was a big, brave choice for them. Um, what they moved from to what they moved to was a really big jump. And um, really the only thing they kept was their name. Um, but they went for it and, you know, it paid off from a business point of view um, and, yeah, we, we were really pleased with the design outcome as well. So I think that's Amazing. what makes them a great client. Excellent. And then if anybody's looking to contact B&B, you don't work with just UK clients or, or do you? No, no. Okay. Um, we're, we're actually, we work with clients from all around the world. Um, we do work on some global brands as well. So whilst a big chunk of what we do is the sort of smaller businesses and startups, we do work with global brands as well. Um, so, you know, we've got the expertise in that sort of understanding different markets and and how those global brands need to work. But, but yeah, we do, we do a variety of stuff, but all generally under the same yeah. sort of purpose of wanting to work with brands that are trying to change something, whether it's better product, better for the world, et cetera. Excellent. Excellent. So if anybody wants to reach out, if anybody wants to reach out to you, they can go to B and B dash studio.co.uk. Yeah. <laughs> we're on Instagram as well. So you can find us on there. Yeah. You've got some really great new projects up there that aren't uh, in your website yet. Um, yeah. So super excited to see everything else you guys are coming up with. Thank you so much, right. Jenny. I really appreciate it. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure I'll see you in London for, uh, for pen awards. That's it for the show. Thanks so much for joining us on Package Design Unboxed. If you have any questions, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm always available for questions. Once again, check us out at packagedesignunboxed.com. Check out SpecWrite, the number one platform for specification management. Not sure what board your box uses? Not sure how many colors or how much headspace your packaging requires? If you don't SpecWrite, you'll guess wrong. SpecWrite.com.